-hmm. would not even let myself think that thought. I suppressed it so much. I couldn't let myself think it. The Your Life Sucks podcast, destigmatizing mental health through discussion. Hi, all. Welcome back to the Your Life Sucks podcast. And today we're here with Gabby Ohananoff, who's going to talk about her struggle with anorexia nervosa. Hi, Gabby. Hi. Thank you for having me. Just before we begin, just some actually harrowing statistics on eating disorders <laughs> from the National Association of Anorexia Nervosa, Mirror Mirror, and the National Eating Disorder Association. At least 30 million people of all ages and genders suffer from an eating disorder in the U.S., the onset of eating disorders like anorexia nervosa are most common around puberty. Over half of teenage girls and nearly a third of teenage boys have used weight controlling methods like fasting, skipping meals, smoking, vomiting, or taking laxatives. And eating disorders has the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. So with that, Gabby, <laughs> let's start off with your story. All right. So basically, as Ben said in those in the facts, oftentimes eating disorders do start around puberty, and that is when mine started. So I went to the doctor in seventh grade, and she told me I had gained too much weight in the past year, and she pointed to my charts where I had the weight gain and stuff, where it, it, it tracked the weight gain, and she said, we can fix this. Okay, weight gain is completely normal in any stage of life at any point in your life. Mm -hmm. Always, our bodies are always changing. But especially during puberty, looking back, I cannot believe my doctor was so irresponsible as to tell a girl going through puberty that she had gained too much weight. Yeah. Because during puberty, you have to gain weight. It's You're how it to goes. A ton of weight. Exactly. So I had never before in my entire life given any care to how I ate, how I looked, any of that. I was literally living what's the expression? Ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was living like that. And then she kind of, I call it the planting of my eating disorder seed. Because at this point, from this point, I kind of had the idea in my head of, oh, like I have a body, I there are calories that exist. And that was kind of in my head for a while. And nothing really happened. But when I went to camp that summer, I lost some weight, not because I was trying, but just camp. There's a lot of moving, stuff like that. Right, right. So I lost some weight, but the difference was that when I came home, I had been weighing myself and I saw that I had lost weight. And that was the momentum I needed. I said, oh my gosh, I can lose weight. Let's do this. <laughs> so I lost some weight. And then... Did it start off as something like, oh my gosh, that's great. Like I lost some weight. Let's let's continue doing this. Or was, oh my gosh, I've lost weight. Like I, I need to continue doing this. Did you feel like you, you needed to continue doing it? Or mm -hmm. was it just like oh, that was nice. Let me, let me try to keep on doing it. It was kind of like I had wanted to lose weight, but it was so hard. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I literally lost weight. Like I'm capable of doing this. Let me do more. I can keep mm -hmm. going. I can make my doctor happy and think that I'm healthy and all these mm -hmm. things that come with thinness. So in the first months of eighth grade, that was like where my eating disorder started. I was I was losing weight at a really fast pace. I was restricting food. I was exercising excessively. I lost a lot of weight in the first few months of eighth grade. And I, with that, I lost my period. Mm -hmm. Let me just go into a little bit why that's, for anyone who might not know why that's such a big deal. Yeah. Um, essentially, my estrogen levels weren't high enough because of all the restricting around food and the excessive exercise. And because I didn't have enough estrogen, my body wasn't able to produce a period. And this happens to anyone out there who has a uterus. Your body needs estrogen to have a period. And if you aren't eating enough and if you aren't exercising, if you're exercising too much, 
then your body cannot produce estrogen it needs to create your period. This is really dangerous. If you are not getting your period, okay, you have to talk to a doctor. It is not normal. Your, it means your body is not functioning as it should, and this should not be taken lightly. Please, please, please seek medical help if you have not gotten a period in the past few months, if you have a uterus, obviously. Um, so that's just on that. So I didn't get my period. And this was scary for me. I knew this wasn't normal. I knew this wasn't supposed to be happening. And I got my period in sixth grade. And, you know, it, it had always been normal. So that was the one thing that really scared me about my eating disorder. I didn't know it was an eating disorder. I didn't know what was happening. But I just knew that not getting a period was not what was supposed to be happening to me. I was in such denial that I had an eating disorder. I think deep down, I knew that what I was doing was not normal or what I should be doing. But I would not even let myself think that thought. I suppressed it so much. I couldn't let myself think it. And I just pretended for a long time that I just wasn't getting a period for whatever reason. And we went to a bunch of doctors and no one really knew why. <laughs> and I just wasn't getting it. None That's of the doctors, none of the doctors asked. Oh, I know. Oh my gosh. Eating? Oh my gosh. Really? I can't even, I went to multiple doctors because my mom was of course very worried. I wasn't getting a period. We went to multiple mm -hmm. doctors and not one of them made the connection that, Oh, she lost a lot of weight in the past few months. Maybe that's why she's getting a period. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, no, I no one had had any idea, especially I didn't have any idea. <laughs> I didn't want myself to have and any idea. Something, a question about your mom. Were you were you uh, open with your parents about, about you know, how you were eating and how you were mm -hmm. exercising? Did, did they know? Did, mm -hmm. did they see your progression? You know, I, as I said, I was in such denial that I had, that I had issues with food and stuff. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even let myself know. So I couldn't even tell my parents, let alone, I couldn't tell myself, let alone my parents. My parents definitely saw that something was wrong. I mean, you know, they eat with me, they live with me, they saw I lost mm -hmm. weight, but it's really, really hard oftentimes for people who are so close to you to understand what's happening. I see that now. I love my parents. They're right. really the best. And I'm obsessed with like their parenting skills in general, but mm -hmm. and I, it was hard for me at first like how could they not have seen how could they not have done anything but I realized like it's just really hard when you're so close to someone to understand what's happening especially when eating disorders aren't something on top of your mind I think that if I ever had a kid I would probably know just because you know I understand eating disorders because I had one but right, when you've right. never experienced never heard really it's really hard to understand what's going on they're really complicated mm -hmm. but and yeah especially you know if 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 you're uh, I know eating disorders tend to progress quickly but if you're if you're eating with someone or living with someone every single day you don't really notice the slight changes exactly. until until you know until you know your eyes are open to them yeah exactly so okay so yeah. back to your story right so I lost my period I believe I just lost it right away actually with all the weight gain but you know I, in the first few months, it, it tends, I mean, I don't know, I've heard like in the first two years, it's normal to not get a period. So I wasn't worried until December. And in December, it had been, I believe, three months without getting a period. And I was really worried. And mm. um, I figured, okay, something's wrong. Um, and I kind of, as I said, I knew deep, deep down that I has that my eating habits were not at all where they should be and that my exercise habits mm -hmm. were dangerous but I knew deep down and also I think that I had some pressure from my parents because they also knew that I had lost of weight and it wasn't healthy so I did manage in the next few months to gain some weight it was really really hard because when you're anorexic your biggest fear is gaining weight and it's like the hardest mm -hmm. thing to do so that was hard but I did manage to gain a little weight not anywhere near where it should have been but whatever so I managed to gain some then when I went to camp that next summer, so the summer after eighth grade, mm -hmm. any quote unquote progress I had made in my weight gain was 
completely down the drain. I lost all the weight I had gained and then some, I was at my lowest weight ever. So when I got back from camp and I got on the scale and I saw this, I literally started to cry. I was so upset because, oh my gosh, I had all this progress and now I have to do it all again because gaining weight was so hard and it was so mm -hmm. stressful. I don't want to do this all again. I was just like, whatever, it was so frustrating. And I was like, I just want to be quote unquote fixed by the time high school starts. That was my goal. I want to be done with this so I can just have it out of my head. In the few weeks between camp and school, I managed to gain back some weight again, but obviously I was not healthy at all. Still hadn't got my period. I think we're going on a year now without a period. So mm -hmm. I was still in a really, really bad place um, when high school started. And for the first few months, my eating disorder continued. And it was, I think, actually the worst in high school, not in the sense of losing weight. I wasn't losing weight, but mentally I was probably in the worst space I had been in my entire life. It was so bad do you want to go into that a little and i think it also shows you know i didn't lose any more weight after camp that summer but regardless of the physical symptoms of your eating disorder it doesn't matter because mentally what's going on is also happening at the same time so even though i wasn't losing weight in the beginning of ninth grade i was still going through my eating disorder and not only was i going through it it was the worst i've ever been because it's a mental disorder it's not just physical it can show up in physical mm -hmm. ways some people do have physical symptoms but we're i think that when we downplay the mentalness and we just see it, someone who's thin and we're like oh my gosh eating disorder we're forgetting that it's not you can't just if you just cure the, the thinness it won't cure the eating disorder because it's what's right. going on in your head so for right. me it was the worst i think because you know new beginnings and when you have an eating disorder it's I, it's a full-time job, let me tell you. It, it really takes up every thought in your yeah. head the entire day. When I say that, I completely mean it. I, I remember thinking actually one time, like, what did I ever think about before my eating disorder? What did I think about all day? Because I promise you, it took up all my headspace all day long. I really had no room for anything else. So not only did I have my eating disorder, on top of this, I had this new beginning, which I had no space for in my head. I could not process making new right. friends, new classes, new teachers. Oh my gosh. So it was really, really hard because I wasn't able to be in high school. And that was a weird because I couldn't, I couldn't transition, which really affected mm. everything. So it made it even worse than it already was. You feel like you, then, just, you just weren't, you weren't present where you were? Or I, yeah, because... I was not present. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I like wasn't in high school, you know, I was mm -hmm. in eating disorder world and I couldn't focus on what high school is supposed to be and, you know, making new friends, learning new things, being, being, yeah, just being a teenager, I guess I couldn't focus on that because I had no brain space or time or energy for that matter <laughs> to Love do it. that stuff. So the thing that basically turned my life around was a conversation I had with a girl in my art class. I knew that she had quote unquote struggled with food and I was like, oh, I struggled with food. And by the way, so at this point in my life, I was in a point where I was like, oh, I used to have like issues with food, but now I'm totally fine and I'm out of that place. And I'm Because you now. had gained the weight back or some weight back? Yeah, and I was also just like, I'm normal. I don't have any, like, nothing's wrong, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I, again, the denial of having anything and more like, I guess to me, if I said, oh yeah, I did have something that I'm admitting to it. And that way no one can, you know, no one can tell me I'm wrong. Cause like I did have one. So if I own up, if I own up to it, no one will, no one will pressure me now to get better, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I was in denial that I said, I used to have issues with food. I refuse to call it an eating disorder. I used to have issues with food, but I'm good. So I had this conversation with this girl during art class. Um, and basically I told her that. I said, yeah, I used to have issues with food, but I'm totally good now. And she told me, oh, I used to have an eating disorder. Oh my gosh, that word. I've never heard it before. Oh my gosh, she uses that. And she told me her story and she told me 
that she she said, you know, I also didn't think I had an eating disorder. I also didn't think I needed help. I also thought I was just fine. And she said, but I didn't realize how good life gets. And she said, getting help was the best decision I ever made. And I, I'm just so happy now that I got help. And that was, I guess, all I needed because I just, I think I needed the permission to get help. I needed the permission to make my life better than it was. So that night I went to my mom and I was like, I want to start therapy. And I really give so much Hakar Saito, like thanks to this person because I don't know how much longer it would have taken for me to start therapy without her. Mm-hmm. So that was amazing. And then the next week I started therapy and that was incredible. That was when, you know, I started to heal. And at the same time, my recovery was ridiculously messy it was not at all a linear line at all Mm -hmm. it was so bad it was so painful it was just as bad as my eating disorder like mentally health wise like it was so painful but it was also Mm -hmm. at the same time I was healing I was getting better I was not using food as a way to control I was not using exercise as a way to control I was literally healing and I believe I started therapy in like the last week of December. And then in March, I finally got my periods. That was so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a PSA, getting your period does not mean that you are necessarily healthy. So if you do get your period, that doesn't mean anything. It just means that you have your period. You can definitely have an eating disorder and still get your period. So please don't use that as a sign. Um, but so I did get my period and I was already in therapy and I was there. I was visibly recovering in a lot of ways. What was your driving force through? through therapy what was was it the same message that that the girl from art class spoke to you about that my life Mm -hmm. was so much better or or was it something else so I actually went into it kind of still in denial of my eating disorder like I don't Mm -hmm. really know what happened I just wanted a period that was really the driving force behind behind like recovery like Mm -hmm. I just wanted to get my period I just wanted to be normal and so at first that was totally all that was my intention I just wanted period back but then when I started therapy and it was, you know, incredible and life-changing. I realized, oh my gosh, there's so much, my life can be so much better than this. I don't have to live constantly thinking about calories and like how much, how many miles I'm going to run on the treadmill, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, therapy opened my eyes up to what my life could actually be and to how I could really be living. So, you know, once I got my period and stuff, I realized like I can really heal. I can get over this. I can be better. I can live better. I can be happy. I continued therapy and my eating disorder, thank God, by June, I think I was done with therapy and I don't just a PSA again, um, recovery is so different for everyone. So please do not compare your recovery journey to mine. It, everyone takes a different amount of time to recover from mental illness. It's so personal mm-hmm. and our situations are so different. You can really never compare them. But so, so by June, I was done with therapy for like, you know, eating disorder worlds. Obviously I still do go to therapy sometimes for other things because therapy is amazing. Right. But eating disorder, I was healed. I got a note from my therapist and from my doctor that I was officially, you know, I officially like got that off. I wasn't anorexic anymore, which was so amazing. And mm-hmm. it was so great to just, you know, be on the other side of it and to be able to live my life again. Mm-hmm. Did any of your friends know about this? Well, you know, yeah. from the start of seventh grade to the end of ninth grade? Yeah. So in eighth grade, I don't think anyone really knew. I think I had one really close friend 
And the only reason she knew is because I was, I'm constantly at her house and I'm constantly eating at her house or I was. And then when I stopped and also I was just so annoying around food when you're anorexic, there are all these like random behavioral symptoms that you have. And I had so many of those. So it's not just that you're not eating food. It's all these other things too. And I was, you know, doing so many of these kind of weird, annoying things. And I don't know if she knew at the time eating disorder, but like I was definitely not being myself. So I don't think anyone really knew in eighth grade. Also, I didn't really know what was happening. Um, but you know, as I said in ninth grade, I was in this place of, oh, I used to have English, I used to have issues with food, but now I'm fine. And so I did tell some of my close friends at the time I had issues with food, but I'm fine now. And they all believe me because, you know, my friends are get I guess gonna believe like what I tell them, you know, they trust right, me. Right. But but then, you know, obviously once I had more mastery over my eating disorder and what happened, I told my close friends and stuff and they were all amazing and so supportive and they were also really helpful along the way. I love my friends. They're the best. Thank you if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking back to when I first met you when we were married um, <laughs> in, in ninth grade, it's just how, I mean, it must've been hard for your friends to know because you didn't, I mean, you, I, I guess I didn't really know what you looked like before your eating disorder, but you looked fine mm-hmm. and, and it's really, it's really hard yeah. to tell. And going back to your parents, it was also hard for them to tell that, that, right. that you were struggling. Thank you. Thank you for that story. And just one, one summary question. Many mm-hmm. people say that individuals with anorexia should just eat and they would recover. Is this true? What can the mentally healthy, those who do not or have not experienced anorexia, take away from your story? That's, I know a lot, but just <laughs> take, take it bit by bit. Okay. On a practical level, I just want to put it out there. <laughs> Getting a person with an eating disorder to eat is not an easy task in any mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. I think that it's kind of underestimating the power of mental illness. I mean, the things I would have done to avoid eating are <laughs> are a lot. <laughs> um, I really went out of my way in so many different ways to just avoid eating. And so that's the first thing. You're kind of underestimating the power of how mental illness really controls you. And then the next thing I would say is that you know, even if I had eaten the one day someone told me to just eat, what would that really have done? I think I like the example, the saying, if you catch a person a fish, they'll eat for a day. If you teach them to fish, they'll fish for life. So if you made me eat that one day, sure, like my body would have gotten some nutrients and needed one time. But, you know, if you taught me how to have a healthy relationship with food and my body, then I would have had a, I would have been able to eat for the rest of my life. You know, it's mm-hmm. like the one day solution versus the long term solution. Yeah, And then I also just, the, I think the, mo- the last point would be just eat dismisses the fact that the person is mentally ill because just eat implies that what you're going through is purely a physical illness. And, oh, if you just ate, why, you'd be totally fine. It implies that nothing is going wrong mentally. And in fact, oh my gosh, the solution is so simple. Just eat because then you'd be cured. But it's not that. It's mm-hmm. that you're going through a mental illness. And while there are sometimes physical symptoms to an eating disorder, and those obviously need to be tended to because they're very important, there's also this whole mental thing. So just eat dismisses the entire, I think that society in general does like to dismiss mental illness and make it less than what it is. And this is what just eat implies. It's like, you're not actually sick physically or anything. You're you're not actually sick mentally. It's just physical. So just eat and like, you're going to be totally okay. I think that that's why it's important because again, if I just eat in my relationship with, food and my body would not have gotten any better. And yeah, that's what I think about just eat. <laughs> so just a few takeaways. There's so much I learned from my eating disorder, but a few main things is that one, talking about mental health is the most important thing. I think I would have been able to help myself so much earlier if it had just been spoken about more. So if you feel comfortable, and even if you don't feel comfortable, 
please talk about mental health and make people feel so much less alone. And something we all experience, we all have mental health, regardless of whether you have a diagnosable mental illness. So we should all be speaking about it. It really can only help. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I would say is seeking help, even if you don't have a diagnosable illness, is so important. I cannot stress this enough. Getting help was the best decision I ever made. And life gets so much better once you have space in your mind for things other than calories and exercising. And I promise you there is hope. And please don't let the fact that it's challenging stop you please don't give up on yourself it's so hard it's so 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 hard but it's really worth it and i encourage anyone who is thinking about getting professional help to please do it if you need a sign this is your sign it's really really life-changing and amazing and i really recommend it to everyone regardless of your mental health status you there's no such thing as being sick enough or whatever for therapy or any form of professional help and also if you ever have any questions feel free to reach out to me i i'm very active on my instagram right now mm-hmm. and i'm both talking about a lot about mental health so if you have any questions my instagram is just my name gabrielle johanna i think i'll be in the description how you spell it um but yeah please don't be a stranger feel free to reach out and ask me anything anytime also, I just want to add one thing. Yeah, um, yeah, an eating yeah. disorder does not have a size at all. It can affect anyone. If a person is, um, quote unquote, overweight or underweight or whatever, anywhere in between, anyone can have an eating disorder and there's no look for it. So you can never know. Thank you so much, Gabby. If you w- were touched by the story and or if you or someone in your family might have eating disorder symptoms, the National Eating Disorder Association's helpline is open Monday through Friday, and they also have a three-minute online screening process to determine if professional help is necessary. This concludes our third episode of the Your Life Sucks podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.